Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Truth be told, I have never in my life, ever, 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 for those of you that don't know me, I'm a gracious, easygoing guy. So many people are not intimidated by me, and and thanks for laughing at that. <laughs> Heather's, like, compares me to a giant teddy bear, and, like, I picture myself like Dwayne Johnson, but it's just not the thing. So um, I just want you to know that I have never been more nervous about sharing a message in my entire life, Okay. Because I'm going to tick some of you off. Some of you are going to be offended. Some of you could even leave before I'm done with my message. And so here's what I want to ask. I'm asking you to hold on, okay? Because some of you, I guarantee when I dive into these topics that you asked for, I blame all y'all. Pastor Chris, preach on this. Really? Yes. Why? Because we hate you. And so... um, here, Here's the deal. If you're like, I can't believe Pastor Chris is going there. You wanted me to. So you only have yourself to blame, okay? So I want you to take it from a biblical perspective. And if you're going, what is this church, man? Here's the deal. We are part of the Assemblies of God. You don't hear us talk about that a lot, not because we don't like the Assemblies of God, but even in our doctrinal statement of the Assemblies of God, it says we're going to go back to the Bible, and that's where we get our doctrine from. Our doctrine is secondary to the Word of God. Come on, somebody. That's what we're about at this church. So the first two, for those of you that don't know, every month I do a different sermon series. And so, uh, or call it the talk, the message, whatever you want. And, and so this month, it's called You Asked For It. We've got five Sundays. We've got one more next week. Don't miss it. Uh, it's going to blow your minds next week what we're talking about. It's going to be the best one of all five. Then come Christmas time, December, we're going to do an At The Movies Christmas series. So every month we change the series, which I'm very much looking forward to. The first two messages so far in this series, um, we have really looked at, at mental health and we really looked at, at divorce. And so I uh, really wanted to dive into those two things, um, four, four messages, five. And so um, mental health, I tell you what, I had over 90% of the people that reached out and said, I want you to talk about this. And I'm not a psychiatrist. Uh, I had a lot of feedback on that. But then last week we talked about what happens if I get divorced? What, what happens with with life after divorce, and all of us have been impacted by that, either directly or indirectly. I'm, I'm a product of divorced parents, and I had more people that have been divorced reach out to me thanking for uh, just taking a dive on the message last week. And so if you've gone through a divorce or a tough relationship, I highly recommend um, just giving it a listen. I think it'll be very freeing to you. Now, on to today's topics. We're going to hit a few different topics, and here's what I'm going to ask right now. You know, how many of you have a hot button? You all do. We all have a hot button, right? One of mine is like, if my integrity gets questioned, that's my hot button. Okay. We all have a hot button. Uh, we, we can read in the media or the news. There's hot buttons. In fact, just shout it out. Which media source should we trust? Don't shout it out. Okay. Um, here's the deal. What I want to talk about, yeah, right? What I want to talk about is where do we Who do we trust? How do we trust? What do we know what I'm saying is even trustworthy? And this is what I always want to say. I always go back to the scripture to test what I'm saying is true, okay? Don't don't for a minute be, well, Pastor Chris said it, so it's true. If it comes from my wife, fine, but not from me, okay? If it comes from me, test test it against scripture for her too. Okay, because some of you are going to feel like, well, the church hates me. The church doesn't like me. The church judges me. The church doesn't understand me. Some of you are going to feel that way in just a few moments. And I want you to know nothing 
in me at all would ever want you to feel that way. And I want you to feel like you can walk in these doors. You can struggle with what you're struggling with. You can have conversations with what you're dealing with. We can even disagree and I'm still going to love you. Amen? That's what it's about. So I want to preface that because it's about to get a little dicey in here today. All right? Now, I want to go back. My mom uh, grew up kind of in a very conservative Baptist modeled church. And my mom was a product. She was born in 1956. And... All the substances that came with kids of the 60s and 70s, they utilized. And uh, she was a heavy, heavy smoker until the day she passed away. She even had her oxygen tank and was still smoking with her oxygen tank. That was my mom, all right? And, and my mom, I remember telling me a story because we didn't go to church. And partly, I think, because of part of this story, my mom went to her church, a Baptist church, and she showed up, and they were out front, and they were smoking, just, just regular cigarettes, not, not the special kind. And <laughs> that was funny. I'm just saying, all right. So if you don't know me, it's okay to laugh in church, all right? It's okay. All right. And so my mom got, goes up to this church, and her and, and others, they're smelling like cigarette smoke, and they walk in, and one of the ushers right there says, ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And my mom's like, what? Why? Because well, you're you are obviously a smoker, and so you are you are not doing what God wants. You're not you're not taking care of your temple, and and so I can tell you my mom's feelings of the church after that. In fact, when my mom found out that I, I felt a call into ministry, it, it was a long conversation. In fact, what was really cool is my mom actually had she had prayed about it, and God actually gave her dreams of of her son actually getting into ministry. It was really cool because I think it was a a tough topic for her and I. Now today. We're going to tackle some of these topics that are tough. Back, you know, 40 years ago, it was smoking in the church. What are they today? And and this is what I want to say. Jesus was tested a lot in the New Testament. He was tested so many times with different tough topics. And and I wouldn't even say tested. I would say cornered. You ever been cornered before? And, And your pastor feels a little bit cornered with these topics today, going to be honest, because Jesus felt that way. Jesus was, you know, healing on the Sabbath. He was picking fruit on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees are like, what are you doing? You can't do that. And they would throw scripture at him. Like, look at what you're doing. And then he would claim to be God. You know, we did the Jesus files in October and Jesus said in one of my favorite verses, I don't have it on the screen, but John eight fifty eight, Jesus says to all the Pharisees, he says, he says, who do, who do you think I am? He goes, I am. Jesus was basically saying, I'm God, yo. And then he offended every single Jewish person in that time by claiming to be God in the flesh. And they're like, you, you claim to be God. You must be filled with demons. And then the Pharisees tried to get him caught by asking about divorce. Was well, it right to give your wife a certificate of divorce because God hates divorce? And he, and he eventually gets to a woman caught in adultery and, and he says, you who sinned first, cast the first stone. And I want you to say, I'm coming to you today with these topics. Not that I have it all figured out. Not that I'm perfect by any means. And I'm not here to cast any stone. But I'm here to have an open discussion. If you are good with that, say, oh yeah. yeah. Alright, so here are the corner topics that got thrown to me in the boxing ring. And I'm in the corner. And I'm getting water. And I got band-aids on my face going, Lord Jesus, help. Here they are, alright. You asked me, Pastor Chris, would you please talk about hell? Yay. Would you talk about abortion? Yay! Would you talk about homosexuality and transgenderism? Yay! And Pastor Chris, will you pick a side politically from the pulpit? No. All right, so you only have yourself to blame. This wasn't Pastor Chris going, oh, these are the topics that I'm just dreaming of preaching on. 
I hate all of you. Just kidding. I, I love most of you. Um, I love all of you. I really do. And so I'm asking for your grace as we dive into this day. Before you make a beeline for the door, I want you to listen to what Jesus has. Thanks a lot, everybody. I'm not afraid of these topics. I want you to know that. But I am afraid sometimes of the motivation and why we ask them. So I want to dive into these things just briefly, but then I want to talk about the heart of why we ask. Why do we ask? Because those are our hot button. Pastor, talk about homosexuality. Talk about abortion. Talk about this. Talk about that. Well, why? Those are the things that get us hot and bothered. They get us in a mess. And so I want to dive into the heart. I want to kind of read between the lines of why we're asking, because I think sometimes we want everybody to join our cause, or we want people to agree with us. Right, Heather? I'm always right. There's things in the Bible, I want to be very clear, that I don't like. Okay? But I still trust them, and I believe them, and I've given my life for them, even when it's hard. Even when I don't like what it says. Okay? There's things I am super thankful for, especially during this week, during Thanksgiving. And one of them is the word of God. Okay? Now, those are the questions you have me. So I'm going to give you a question I have, and I'm going to let you ponder it and put a little heat on you this morning. We're talking theological questions and all these. Here's my deep question, and I'll dive into these, okay? Don't worry, we're going to address them. But here's my question for you. Why would a loving God who loves us so much create the Garden of Eden? My wife talked about it, seed-bearing plants. There was one tree, though, that he put in that garden. You remember what it was? And he told Adam and Eve not to eat of it. Shout it out. You remember what it was? Tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't ever eat it. Well, what did they do? Come on, all of us would eat it. Every single one of us would have gone after that fruit. But why would a loving God do that? Number one, why would a loving God send people to hell? Thank you, everybody. Let me start by saying this. Never discredit what you don't understand. Never discredit what you don't know. I don't like the gospel of hell. I don't like to talk about it. Let's just pretend it doesn't exist. It'll go away. No. If we believe the Bible is true, it talks about a heaven and a hell. Physical places. I love what C.S. Lewis said. I don't know if you're a C.S. Lewis lover. I love Narnia, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's one of the videos I'm going to preach on in December. But there's no, he, this is what he says. C.S. Lewis, he says there is, and he's a Christian, there is no doctrine which I would more willingly remove from Christianity than this if it lay in my power. It's not in C.S. Lewis's power. It's not yours. It's not mine. Well, I don't like the, I don't like the idea of hell. Why are we even talking about hell? Because you wanted me to, all right? And so here's the deal. I don't like hell either, and this is what I've given my life for so that we can talk about eternal life and what it means when we placed our trust in Jesus Christ. It's that simple. Luke chapter 12, verses seven, verses four through seven, it says, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing of the body, he's talking about God, this is Jesus talking about God, has the power to throw you into hell. Yeah, I don't like that. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God. He provides. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. See, think of it like this. How many here, just by round of applause, because I can't see all of you, are a parent? Just round of applause. Who's a parent in here? 90% of us are parents. How many of you have something uh, that, that your kid, just by round of applause again, your kid has ever disobeyed you? 
That's only half of the applause before. That's weird. All right. Now, how many, we love our kids, no matter what they do, right? We love them. There's grace. There's mercy. There's kicking the pants, spanking sometime, whatever. But, but we love them. Timeouts, do whatever, wherever you're at and all that. Okay. Grace and mercy. Some of my kids' timeouts worked. Some of them, spankings worked. Some of them, neither worked. All right. So it just, just depends. For some of my kids, I just said, go hug until you figure it out. So I'd make them hug their brother until they figured it out. They would hug a long time in our household. God's this perfect balance, though, of, of grace and mercy. And when you look at the, we, we can get into all the theological stuff about hell, but what I'd rather look is the heart of how to go, hey, I don't want to be in hell. What do I do? And so why did God create it in the first place? It wasn't created for man. It was actually created for demons. And yet it's where we go in the absence of God. So the moment we say to God, God, I don't want to be with you. I want to be absent from you. He's allowing you to have what you're asking for. He doesn't force it upon us. That's the grace and the mercy. Thank God we're not all robots. Oh, Jesus, thank you for free will. Think of it like this. This, this is what helps me. All right, so, so let's say this week, I say before Thanksgiving, before Thursday, you know, the price of turkeys is up 14% this year is what I've heard. So you and I are going, hey, to provide for our turkey, we're all going to go rob a bank on Tuesday. All right? So we all go, we rob a bank, and we get caught red-handed because I don't know how to rob a bank, and we get blindsided. We, you know, we didn't have our, our ski mask on, and uh, we, we get caught. And so some of you heard this illustration before, but it's, it's really good. And so we go to the jury, and we sit down, and the judge says, you were caught. You're like, well, I, I guess so. It's not that big of a deal. It's not like I, I murdered anybody or I did this. I, 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 just, I just stole a few bucks so I could buy a turkey. And the judge is like, I don't care what, what it was. There's still a judgment for what you did. There's still something that has to take place. And, and the judge says, he gives you the, you know, the penalty. And you're like, really? I don't want that. And the judge says, well, that's, there's, there's both hell and heaven. Or the judge says, well, there's, there's prison and then you can go free. And here's the coolest part. This is the gospel message I want you to see when it comes to the theology of hell. What does the judge do in this? The judge in this says, you are guilty. You robbed the bank. But here's the difference between Christianity and the world. The judge says that penalty has to take place, but the judge gets up from behind his desk and he walks around and he says, I will take the penalty in your place. That is Christianity 101. We're all guilty. We've all done something wrong. Dude, I took a pack of gum once, like a long time ago, all right? You know, there's, there, I've, I've dealt with purity issues in my life. You, you have dealt with, what, what have you dealt with? We could, all, we could all come up here and write all of our junk on the, on the nice, nice white backdrop here. Who would like to do that after church? Just write all of our crap. None of us want to. Because we're ashamed of it. We want to hide it. We don't like it. Why? Because we know what it deserves. We know it deserves hell. But Christ says, I stepped in there so you don't have to have that. John chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. I love this. It says, we know that we live in him and he in us because he's given us his, his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent who? His son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Amen. So, so all this is say, if you're going, well, that's really like a lot of Christian words right there. Here's the deal. Jesus is saying, just know him. Just believe in him. That's it. It's that simple. Well, I haven't been confirmed. I haven't been water baptized. I haven't been this. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. That's really bad grammar. But this is why we do outreach. This is why we're doing the, the Christmas event. 
at the park. This is why I care for people who are lost. This is why I want to reach out to the person at the bar. This is why when my, when my neighbor who says, I'm not a religious person, and he texts me last night at 1030 going, can I come steal some of your firewood? I say, yeah, be blessed, man. That's what it's about. This is why we should have a sense of urgency. We can't take the doctrine away if we're going to believe what the Bible says. Now, if you don't want to believe what the Bible says, you can believe whatever you want. But good luck finding where truth comes from. Because where is your source of truth? That is my challenge for you today. Number two. Here we go. Why don't you preach on homosexuality and transgenderism? Thank you. Here's the deal. I could take a bunch of different things that people struggle with and a bunch of different things that people are dealing with and I could have a whole laundry list of them and be like, all right, let's look at everything good and everything bad with this. Okay? I want you to know that no matter where you're at in this room, you're welcome here. At the same time, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you That's not up to us. We believe in catching them. We let God clean them. Okay? I'm a fisherman. All right? So Genesis chapter 127. Let's look at biblical truth. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This seems very simple to me. Okay? But pastor, what about the New Testament? What about the New? That's Old Testament. That's before Jesus. What do we do in the New Testament? I'm so glad you asked. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, Paul writes this. He says, do you, know, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, who's wicked? Let's read. Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you... Oh, it's not up there. Is it? And that's what some of you, say it with me, but that's what some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Here's the deal. Sin is sin. Okay. You know, I have, I have a friend who came to me years ago and he says, Chris, I got to talk to you. I said, what's up? He goes, I'm really wrestling. And the next thing that came out of his mouth, I was not expecting. He goes, Chris, we've been friends a long time. And he goes, there's something I wrestle with. I go, what is that? And he goes, because I wrestle with homosexuality. I'm like, what? Like, it shocked me because he dated and, and we were good friends. And I said, well, why, why is this something you wrestle with? He goes, I don't know. And we talked more and I learned later that he was, he was actually um, molested as a, as a young kid um, by a family member. And, and I, my heart was broken. And I said, I'm here for you. Like, I want you to know I'm a safe place. You can talk to, you can wrestle this through. I'm going to pray for you. And we pray, we became really good friends. And, and I just want you to know, like, where he's at today, he's, he's serving in a church. He's married to a beautiful woman with, with kids. And, and I'll tell you what. Now, you might say, well, he, praise God, he's on the other side. There are still times he wrestles with that. There's still times where he will confess and we'll talk to each other and we'll share our deep struggles together. What are you struggling with? Because if you're going, well, homosexuality, transgenderism, man, that, that's the big one. Did you, did you read what it said? We, we were all just called wicked. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for the encouragement, Paul. Appreciate it. Okay. He says, all the wicked will, will inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Anyone in here not wicked? No, we've all done wicked things. And he goes, don't be deceived. The sexually immoral. Have you ever looked at a, a man or a woman in a sexual way? Well, according to Jesus, you're an adulterer. You know, an idolater. Have you ever once in your life put something before God? Come on. And then you're an idolater. Welcome to the club, man. There's room for more. Okay, nor male prostitutes, I'm not one, but I, you know, 
nor homosexual offenders. Okay, so what do we do with that? What do we do? I want to give you something here this morning that I hope will be a blessing to you no matter where you're at in this topic, in this subject, because it divides families. It divides churches. I've seen it divide denominations. There's this difference between the flesh and the spirit. Okay, your flesh cannot win. So stop trying to resurrect it. God talks about killing the flesh, okay, and symbolically. And we're supposed to live in the spirit. Here's the cool part. Think of that robbery illustration again. When the father looks at us, he's not looking at what you and I did. He's looking at what Jesus has already done. You see it? If you're with me, say yeah. Okay, all right, all right. That's most of you. Okay? If it's something you deal with, I want you to know that you can deal with it still here. You can struggle with it. We're going to preach the truth. We're going to preach. Yeah, we believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I can't get away from what the Bible says. Um, I will marry a man and a woman because that's what the Bible, ta- I put the Bible first. That's what I trust in. But if it's something you struggle with, that doesn't go, well, I, we can't love you. We, we need to send you out to the curb. Not at all. We want to walk alongside you. We want to love you. We want you to come in here and allow the spirit of heaviness to fall off and allow God and the Holy Spirit to speak at whatever you're dealing with, whatever's going on in your heart. It's not that we have it all together, okay? But it's a realization that Christ does when I don't. Now, for those of you that think, well, I'm, I'm better than that. I, I don't deal with that. I, I, don't, I don't deal with homosexuality. I, I don't deal with transgenderism. I, I'm, I'm not an adulterer or a male prostitute. I'm, I'm not any of that stuff. I've never put anything before God. Well, I'm here to confess something to you, okay? I'm like on the obesity chart, I'm over it. Like I'm, I'm like, according, I'm like clinically obese, which, yay. And so I love food, bro. This is not the greatest week if you are a person that likes food or it is. Here's the deal, okay? I am, I am what the Bible calls, if I'm going to label myself, I'm a glutton, Okay? Calls me a glutton. Glutton is somebody who just loves to eat and you just want to keep on eating. Come on. Come on, guys. Where are you at? You know you, you, who you are. Where you get done with that 10th slider from White Castle and you know you can slam 10 more, all right? Bible says you and I deserve hell because of that, just so you know. In fact, can I show you something that I read this week as I was putting this together and praying people didn't, like, kill me today? Here's, here's what it is. Look at the scripture. Here. Put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony, Proverbs 23, 2. That's kind of harsh. So I was reading this, and I'm like, here's what I want you to know. None of us are perfect. I'm not supposed to be a glutton. We should be between a male and a female. Let's get back to what Scripture says. Let's get back to what Scripture says. If you're struggling to live that out or to believe that, don't be offended by me. Be offended by scripture and go back to what Jesus is saying for your life. Struggle with him. Be honest with him. He knows you're wrestling with it. Let him know. I pray every day. I've struggled with my weight since the day I was born, man. I came out eating tacos, all right? Like, it is something that has always been a wrestling match for me. My, my mom, she would ask me, what do you want for birthday cake? And I said, two meatloafs. Like, that's just, that's me, all right? Now, now we laugh at that, but here's the deal. I'm literally sinning. I'm walking away from God's best. God's best would, would, would be for me to, to be skinnier, to be sexier looking for my wife. I want that. That's something I wrestle with. 
But I still come in here, not even on Sundays, through the week. I'm like, Lord, get a hold of my heart. Get a hold of the areas I'm wrestling with. He still loves you. Amen? Amen? Last one is this. Thank you again. Is abortion okay? Again, for those of you that came in late, I was asked by you to preach on this before you cast stones. I don't care what side of the political fence you're on. I really don't. This is not a political issue. I don't care if you vote left. I don't care if you vote right. I don't care if you don't vote or you vote in the middle or you're riding the fence and getting splinters. I just don't care. Okay. I come from a home. I've, I've been through divorce. I've had a friend who's wrestled with homosexuality. I came from a home where my mom had two abortions. My mom had one that was older than me and one that was younger. She confessed that to me when, we were, when I was a teenager, and I sat down with her, and I was heartbroken. And I got to sit down with her as she prayed, you know, for God to, you know, just like, Lord, forgive me as she sat down with him. And here's the deal. I wasn't there to judge my mom. I wasn't there to yell at her. I wasn't there to be like, Mom, this is what the Bible says. Shove it down her throat. I was there like, how you doing? How you doing with all that? And she was wrestling with it. She was, and I'm going, man, there's two siblings that hopefully I get to meet someday in heaven, you know? I'm excited about, I'm excited about. Psalm chapter 139, verse 13 and 14. I want everybody to hear this, no matter if, any, if you've had an abortion or you've wrestled with homosexuality or, or transgenderism or, or you're going, boy, I don't know, this is, a, this is my first time at church. This is a heavy topic for today, and I know, I know. I told Heather, so they've got five visiting families. And I'm like, it's a tough topic today, man. Why can't it be at the movies? But God knows why you're here today. He knows more than I do. Psalm 139, 13 through 14 for you, God created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You see, Jesus, here's what I want you to catch. If this anything is what you're wrestling with or struggling with, Jesus has purpose for you. And I think this is what breaks my heart more than anything is the moment we say, well, God, I don't want to be this way anymore. God created you that way for a reason because he gave you purpose. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. One of my favorite speakers and communicators, his name is Reggie Dabbs. Big old guy. He's awesome. One of the best high school uh, communicators I've ever heard. Just Google him if you ever want. Just phenomenal, phenomenal man of God. Well, Reggie Dabbs, his mom was supposed to have an abortion and it went south. And he has spoken to more high school kids in the United States than any other person. Why? Because he had purpose. He had purpose. Let's not give up on the purpose that God has. Now, here's what I want to ask you, though. And, and so we talked about hell. We talked about abortion. talked about transgenderism, homosexuality. Just, I, I don't have time to like, dive into all of these all the time. But here's where I want to get to is the heart of the issue. And I told you, wh- why is it that we're asking this? Let me ask you a question. Put it on the screen. How often does the world know what we're against rather than what we're for as a church? Are we not called to multiply rather than divide? We're not called to be divisive. It's not that I don't preach on this stuff because I don't believe it's true. It's because I want people to walk in here who are wrestling with all of this and go, man, God can work on me here. God can work on me here. And I get, I get blamed that we're a seeker-sensitive church sometimes. I don't care. Um, who's more sensitive to the person seeking the truth than the Holy Spirit? No one. No one. Well, this is why I believe that the only place you're going to find truth is in the Word of God. 
That's it. It's the only place. It's not in CNN. It's not in Fox. It's not even on the Babylon Bee, the only news I listen to. No. It's satire news, if you don't know what that is. This is why I believe the doctrine of the Bible is absolute truth. I will give my life for it. I have given my life for it. I don't want to be a pastor, dude. I wanted to be an actor, okay? I'm still mad at God for that, all right? But it's our guide. It's our vision. Where do you get vision from? The Word of God. Because the moment we look to something other than the Bible, we go from having one vision to having division. So where are we looking for truth? And I'll tell you what, we got a lot of crap happening in our world today. You got people on either side of the vaccine, either side on the masks. You know, we had the death of George Floyd yes, last year, which people are going, what is going on? I want truth. And that's one thing that's so certain. People want truth. People are begging for truth more than I've ever seen in my life. Can I ask you a real simple question? Are they finding it? Where are they going to find truth? I've looked other places. I'm, I'm finding other where, other than the scripture. If you're a skeptic like me, man, dig into the archaeology, dig into the history, look at it. Look at extra biblical accounts of Jesus. One's called Josephus. It's amazing. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says this, Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. God's challenging you today. Who are you going to serve? Yourself, your agenda, or him and lay it down? He'll be gracious to you and patient. And here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. And, and I'm never going to force anything down your throat here at the bridge because God never forces anything down our throats, does he? Does he? Can I tell you a cool revelation I had? I asked you a question. Hopefully you've been stern about it. Why would God put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden? Is he a mean God because of that? Well, you're a mean parent then if you have electrical outlets in your house. Right? Why did he do it? Why did he do it? Why couldn't he just have made them to be without sin forever? What did he do? Gave him a choice, didn't he? Without that tree, there could have never, ever, one time in the history of mankind been a choice to go away from God. And he gave that to us freely. Thank you, Lord. That's the kindest thing he could have ever done for us. He didn't force us to stay there. He doesn't force you to be in church. He doesn't force us. See, the toughest part of this series is the open-ended part. But I, I went and I'm like, hey, whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about. How many have been at a funeral like that with the open mic? Dude, I've been a pastor at some of those funerals. And some of you in your family, you got crazy. They get up and you're like, what are we talking about? Now, for those of you that have been to one of those funerals and there was open mic and you never saw crazy, it's cut. No, never mind. You're the crazy. We can judge. We can throw stones. We can accuse. Or we could love like Jesus did. We could preach truth but open our church to anybody. No matter what. Why not? And I think that's who we are. But I think all too often, we as super Christians, we're waiting for the world to get it right. Which is arrogant on our part. Because without truth, without biblical truth, you can't get it right. You're, you're literally in a spiral. Okay? But God isn't waiting for the world to get it right. He's waiting for his bride, the church, to get it right. He's waiting for us. 
If you are a person that's here that's wrestling, you haven't made a commitment to Christ, the next two minutes are not for you. They're for the people that already have. So just you can take a little mini nap for a moment. Because I think all too long we wait and we wait and we've got our hot buttons rather than going, God, what's in my heart that needs to get right? What's in mine? What's in mine? One of my favorite verses in all the Bible that gets me misused by Christians so many times. Second Chronicles chapter 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Well, Pastor Chris, I've been praying for so long for our world to get it right. They're not getting it right, so God sent COVID. It's his judgment on the world. Nothing's happening. It's not working right. I don't know why the world's not getting it right. Bro, it's because you ain't reading the scripture right. If my people, if my church, who are called by my name, us, will stop judging and humble ourselves. Lord, I don't understand other people's hot buttons, but I'm going to love them. You see, this whole scripture is about the unity of Israel, and today it's about the unity of the church. Not that we all have to agree, but we have to have one vision. That's the truth. That's the word of God. Okay? You see, the promise doesn't say, if everyone in the nation does this, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their land. You see, revival, repentance, God's moving, his ministry, it doesn't take place when the world repents. It takes place when the church repents. There's a difference. We miss that often. Now, we can talk more about hell. We can talk more about homosexuality. We can talk more about abortion, all all those heavy topics. But I want to question our heart and our motive today. Because God sees your heart. He sees you right where you're at, right here. He knows your purpose. And my prayer is that you would live it out. So I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. You can bow your head. You can close your eyes. You can leave your eyes open. Not one place in the Bible does it say close your eyes during prayer, but you can. Sometimes it's just a tradition thing for us. But if you have never said, Jesus, I just need you. I want to surrender to you. I want to give you that opportunity. And so out of respect, I'm going to ask everyone just to close their eyes for just a moment. If you know today is the day that God is calling you to surrender your life to Jesus. We're not, I'm not going to ask everybody to keep their eyes closed. I'm going to be the only one looking. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? If that's you, just raise it up wherever you're at. Awesome. Three, four, I'm just going to give more time for anyone else that I can pray with. No judgment here, just prayer. Five. Awesome, you guys put your hands down. Let me pray with you. God, there's five people right now in this room that say, I want to surrender my life to you. <sighs> Love you, Jesus. Meet me where I need to be met today. God, forgive me for the things of my past help me not to dwell on them. Help me to dwell on the things of the future. Help me to dwell on who you are. Help me walk in the fact that you forgive me and you love me right where I am. Jesus, I accept you today. It's not about what I do, but it's only through you that I receive eternal life. (sighs) Need you, Jesus. And for everyone else today, whatever it is that we're wrestling with, they all wrestle with something, God. Would you just unpeel that that layer back of our hearts so we can continue to thrive as Christ followers? Lord, and if there's people that are questioning your word or questioning your truth today, Lord, I pray that they'd hear my heart and they'd see your heart. They would test to see your will is good and pleasing and that they would lean on you no matter what their struggle is today. 
God, for, for the person dealing with, with homosexuality, with transgenderism, for the person that's had an abortion or contemplating one, for the person that's going, I, I don't know that, that God would do that or not do this, whatever it might be, Lord. Or maybe it's somebody that's dealing with purity issues or somebody that's feeling guilty or somebody that's dealing with a financial crisis or somebody who's dealing with marital issues right now or they're on the brink of divorce and, and, and they just need you right now, God. Whatever it might be, or maybe it's mental health and it's a crisis in their own heart and they've tried everything. They've, they've tried Prozac, they've tried medication, they've, they've tried diet, they've tried exercise and yet it's just not working, God. Would you just get a hold of their heart and show them that you love them? Lord, if they felt ever judged by a pastor or a church, would they be able to forgive and leave that here and see themselves through your eyes, not through someone else's? Lord, I pray that there's freedom in the hearts of men and women today. God, I pray in our hearts right now, as men and women of this church, men and women who confess Jesus, that today we'd repent. Lord, of anything in our hearts that we know we need to repent of, and you forgive us, God. We just thank you love you. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. I thank you for your grace during a tough topic today, Lord. And feel your Holy Spirit with me and with everyone here today. I'm so grateful, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of the Griggs Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.